Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Whether it's through sickness or it's just through weakness or whatever the case, when we fail to be faithful, God's grace is still there. It doesn't leave. See, grace is there not because you earned it. It's there not because you deserve it. It's not there as a reward. It's there because that's the heart of God. He has grace for us. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, in a message titled, Grace and Peace. Now, here's Pastor Brian. All of these letters open with this kind of a greeting. It's, in a sense, to me, it's the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament blessing that, the, that was pronounced by the priest. Remember, God said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is the way you're to speak to the children of Israel. You're to bless them. This is how you're to put my name on them. This is what you're to say. The Lord bless you and keep you. And that was the Old Testament pronouncement of blessing. When we come to the New Testament, this is the same thing. The apostles are the equivalent for the New Testament of what the prophets were to the Old Testament. They were the spokespersons for God. And so here, Paul is speaking to them. The very onset of the letter, he's speaking to them on behalf of God, and he's pronouncing a blessing upon them. It's the blessing of grace and peace. And that's what I want to emphasize to us today. And that's what I want to emphasize as we really now are, are launching into the, the contents of the epistle. It all starts with the grace of God and the peace of God. And as I pointed out in a previous study, so much of this letter focuses on this grace that we're initially greeted with. As we go into this first chapter and through the second chapter and all the way through the third chapter, it's just grace upon grace upon grace. God's just pouring out his grace upon us because the reality is, unless I'm really grounded in the grace of God, unless I, I, I really get rooted in that, I'm never going to be able to become all that I potentially can be. It's all Foundation, the, the foundation of it is the grace of God. And everything I do as a Christian, it needs to be done from that foundation, from that base. And so that's why there's such an emphasis on it. That's why the focus is there. And that's why these are the first words of God to us in the epistle. They are words of grace and peace. The two things we need the most. We need these two things. We need God's grace. What is God's grace? Well, we will define this over and over again as we go on. But again, let's remember, God's grace is God's favor, God's blessing. But here's the important part. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. 
Grace is something you don't work for. It's something you don't deserve. It's something that you can't earn. It's just there because of who God is. That's the thing that we've got to know because our default mode is always back to performance. It's always back to works. Even those of us who know grace, even those of us who teach grace, there's just something in our, our constitution as people that we can't help for the most part uh, but falling back on works and performance as the basis of expectation of God's favor or blessing on our lives. But that's not the way it works. And we've got to, we've got to begin to understand this. So we need God's grace and we need God's peace. We need to know that there's peace between us. We need to know that we're not at war with God and that he's not waging war against us. Think of the many times, if you've read through your Bible, if you've read through the Old Testament, many times when the Lord appears to somebody or an angel appears to somebody, immediately there's obviously fear struck in that person, terror. And what what does the Lord always say? He always says, peace, peace to you. You see, God wants us to know that there's peace between us and him. Those of us who are his people, there's peace. And so this is the, the, the first word of God. That, that's, that's the way I want you to understand it today. This is God's first word to us. This is the very first thing he says. In all of these letters, his very first word is grace and peace. And that's so important. Because look, as we go through life, we don't always do the right thing, do we? We mess up, we sin. We don't do the things we should do and we do things we shouldn't do. And because that's the case, inevitably I end up thinking that I'm on the outs with God. God's angry with me. God's not looking to bless me. He's looking to judge me or punish me. That's just, that's where we go with that. And you know, the fact of the matter is what God would say to us is grace and peace as we, as we meet him. You know, some people are afraid to even come in a church because they've messed up so badly. Some people have sinned and, you know, backslidden perhaps, and they, they can't come back to a church because they just feel like, you know, if, if I go into the church, I'll just, you know, that's where God will meet me and judge me. But you know what happens when you walk in a, a, a place where the Spirit of God is present? You know what God would say to you as you're thinking about possibly making your way back into fellowship with him, if that's even possible, you know what his word to you would be? It would be grace and peace. Be like, welcome, grace and peace. Oh, wait, wait, but you, you don't recognize me, do you? <laughs> You're not realizing who, who's walking in the door today, are you? Because surely if you knew it was me, you would not be saying grace and peace. No, he does know it's you and that's exactly what he's saying. It's amazing. That's God's grace. And like I said, the guy who wrote the letter, he knew it better than anybody because that's what happened to him. We'll talk about that in a second. But think about this. This is the reality. Wherever you are today, wherever you are, whether it's a saint desiring to be faithful, that's who this is written to, the saints and the faithful in Christ. But let's be honest. We are saints, but we're not always faithful, are we? 
We don't always do what we plan to do, what we committed to do, what we said we're gonna do. You know, we make promises that, you know, this week I'm gonna, I'm gonna meditate on the Bible more than I've ever done. I'm gonna pray more this week than I've ever done. I'm gonna share the gospel with more people than I've ever shared with before. I, you know, we, we, we make these promises, we have these commitments, we wanna do it, and then we, we fail, right? So what's, what's the Lord's word to us? It's grace. His grace is there. I was talking to my son the other day, and as I mentioned before, he's a pastor up in Northern California, and they had a, um, like a month of prayer kind of a thing. And, um, you know, so as the pastor, he's really exhorting the church, you know, we're gonna pray, and we're gonna pray more than ever, and, you know, commit yourself to praying, and, uh, you know, all of that. And then, so, you know, I called him, and he sounded really down. I said, what's the matter? How you doing? He says, oh, I've been sick all week. The boys have been sick. He's got two sons. They've been sick all week. We've had the flu. And, uh, you know, I haven't been able to pray. And I told everybody to pray. And it's a week to pray. And I've been so sick and tired. I can't pray. I can just tell in his voice, he's just so defeated. And he's feeling like behind it all that, man, I've really let God down. I've really disappointed him. And I just had to remind him, look, hey, grace it's God's grace. You're sick. He knows you're sick. Don't worry about it. He loves you. And you know, whether it's through sickness or it's just through weakness or whatever the case, when we fail to be faithful, God's grace is still there. It doesn't leave. If it did, it wouldn't be grace. That's the whole point. See, grace is there not because you earned it, it's there not because you deserve it. It's not there as a reward. It's there because that's the heart of God. He has grace for us. So maybe you didn't do those things that you uh, had planned to do. Or on the other hand, maybe you did things that you shouldn't have done. You know you shouldn't have done them. Maybe you said things that you shouldn't have said, thought things you shouldn't have thought, did things, went places, whatever the case and here you are. What's God's word toward you? What's his, what's his attitude in relation to all that? His attitude is grace. It's one of, come on, let's go. Get up. Let's dust you off. Let's get you going again. That's, that's the heart of God. So whatever the case might be. Now, perhaps you are like Paul was. Remember, he was a servant. He was an apostle by the will of God. Uh, maybe you're a servant living in the thing that God has called you to. But yet, likewise with yourself, you realize that, you know, I, I, haven't, uh, boy, I haven't really lived up to my calling recently. I haven't been as diligent as I should have been. I haven't been as disciplined. I haven't been as serious. I haven't been as committed. I haven't been you know, is devoted to this, this wonderful privileged thing that God has you know, allowed me to be part of. Again, what do we do with that? What, what's God's heart? What would he say to us? Well, listen, there's grace. God's grace is there to cover that. I look back over 30 years plus of being in a position of, of serving God in, you know, in a pastoral role, leading a church and things like that, and, you know, I look back and I think, Lord, it is an absolute 
Uh, it is just a monument to grace the way you have allowed me to just keep going in my, my service to you. You know, it's not anything other than that. It, it, it's simply that. I look back at times where, you know, I was so flaky in my younger years. I was so irresponsible. I was, you know, pastoring a church and I was supposed to be doing this and that. And, you know, there are times I just out, you know, I was out, I was out surfing. I should have been at the church. I should have been in the office. I should have been there, you know, helping people and doing things that pastors do, but I'm surfing. And I know that I should have been out of the water an hour and a half ago, but I just can't get that one final wave. And so I'm out there, I'm totally condemned and I'm feeling miserable. And, you know, sometimes it was that, or sometimes it was like, you know, I should be home with my wife and the kids. I should be a better dad. I should be all of these things. But, you know, here I'm doing, you know, all of that to say, God's blessing and favor on my life, I'll just tell you straight up, I didn't earn it. It's God's grace. That's the way he works. He pours out his grace upon us. He meets us with that. So, you know, wherever you are, whatever place you're at today, this is what you need to know. God's word, whatever else it might be, his first word to you is grace. His words to you are grace and peace. And now even, even if you are the chief of sinners, as was Paul on the road to Damascus, Maybe you're on a road similar to what Paul was on. It was the wrong road. He was going down a sinful path. He was intending harm to people. And how did God meet him on the road to Damascus? What did he meet him with? He didn't meet him with wrath. Now, you would think if there was anybody that should have been met with the wrath of God, it would have been this guy, right? Do you think there were any Christians at the time that were thinking about this man who was a known persecutor. He was the one who was breathing out, you know, death threats against the the disciples of the Lord. He was stirring up everything. Do you think there was anybody that was saying, oh, Lord, save this man, Paul? Do you think there was anybody that was expecting him to turn around like he did? I personally don't think there was. I think if there were prayers going out for Saul of Tarsus, it was, Lord, kill him and kill him now. Lord, strike him dead. Get rid of this guy. He's a nuisance. He's a pestilence. Lord, look what he's doing to your church. Wipe him out. Pour out your wrath on him. You know, it's just like we would, it's a similar thing to, you know, what we would think about today. You know, there are people today that are hostile toward the faith. And they're on a a mission to uh, attack the church and Christians in our in our current cultural situation. There, there truly is coming from Hollywood, coming from much of the media, coming from elements of the government. There is a war against Christianity. And when we think about those who are leading the charge, what are we thinking about? Oh, Lord, bless those guys. No, we're thinking, Lord, smite them. Lord, deal with them. Wipe those sinners out. Pour your wrath on them. That's the kind of That's the kind of person Paul was. He was a persecutor. He says he was a violently arrogant man. But how did Jesus meet him on the road 
to Damascus, he met him with grace. He met him with grace. That's how God meets us. That's where he meets you today. Even if you're on a road similar to the Damascus road, God stands in the middle of that road today and he says, grace and peace to you. Now you see that grace is what takes and changes a life. That's how it happens. It's through the grace of God as we just simply accept it. As we let it come to us, that's how the the transformation results. So this man, Paul, who wrote this letter, goes from being the greatest persecutor of the faith to the greatest proclaimer of the faith in his day. What was the difference? It was the grace of God. It was grace that changed this man. And that's what he said. Let me again remind you of his words. He said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violently arrogant man, but I obtained mercy. And listen to this. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which were in Christ Jesus. Jesus met Saul of Tarsus, the vicious, hateful killer of Christians, he met him with an abundance of grace and love. And that's what changed him. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he met him when he was bent toward the destruction of his people. Now, understand this. Grace meets us not even when we are at the point of saying, okay, I'm wrong, I give up. I mean, that can happen. And that does happen at times. But you know, grace can even meet us before that. There's no doubt in my mind. There, there was nothing in the mind of Saul that day that had any you know, regrets about what he was doing or any of that. Now, Jesus says he was kicking against the goads, which means he was resisting the overtures of God that had already come toward him. What kind of overtures had come? Well, remember, he was there when Stephen was stoned. He was instigating it. He was helping out with the killing of the first Christian martyr. And yet what was happening? He was hearing the story of the gospel by Stephen before they killed him. And he was resisting it. No, that was his attitude No, no, don't say that. I I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to believe that. Jesus can't be the Messiah. And then when it came time to kill Stephen, yes, kill him. Get rid of that voice. He's kicking against the goats. Jesus said, it's hard for you to keep doing that. But you see, it was, my point is this. He did not come to repentance. Then the Lord met him. The Lord met him. Then he came to repentance. See, God is going to meet you with his grace right where you're at. That's what we need to understand. His grace is right there. Wherever you're at today, God's grace is right there to meet you. Now, if you, if you continue to resist it and you continue to kick against the goad, so to speak, things will get more and more difficult. But the fact of the matter is, Right now, this moment, wherever you are in your mind, wherever you are in your heart, you might be here in your body, you might be watching on 
the internet or listening over the radio, uh, but your, your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, everything about you is somewhere else in the sense that you're in sin, you, you intend to stay in sin, you might be even on a, on a road to do harm or whatever, God's grace is right there, right now, this minute, to take you where you're at. It's exceeding abundant grace. It's in faith and love. And it's this grace that will take you and transform your life if you will but simply let it happen. Just say, okay, that's it. Jesus meets him purely by grace. He falls to the ground. The question is, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He's already wising up. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Lord, what would you have me to do? God's grace meets us where we're at. And all we do is respond. And so today, this is the word. This is where it all starts This is God's word to us wherever we're at. If we are God's people today, walking in favor with him, serving him, even though we might be flaky at times or unfaithful or whatever, you know, his word to us is grace and peace. His blessings upon us. And we just need to rest in that. We just need to trust in that. We need to know that's the heart of God for us today. And if you're running from God, if you're rebelling against God, the grace of God is right there to receive you. And the great thing is this, God's grace never leaves us where it finds us. It always takes us and makes us the people that we are supposed to be. And that's what happened with this guy. And that's why the, the man who was violently arrogant and destroying the church, that's why he's now the author of half of the New Testament. And he spends the rest of his life going around the world proclaiming this gospel of Jesus Christ that saved a wretch like him. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, now I see. Saul of Tarsus easily could have written that song because that was his story. That's my story. That's your story. That's our story. That's the story of anybody who's saved. It's God's grace. But it's not just God's grace that saves us. It's God's grace that greets you every single morning when you get out of bed. God's right there. The Bible tells us his mercies are new every morning. And you know what? That applies to his grace as well. His grace and peace are right there. That's his word to us today and every day. And now let's join Pastor Brian as he shares about this month's resource from Back to Basics. Hi, I want to tell you about a book that I think is going to be revolutionary for many, many men and and perhaps for some women too. Most of you know that we have a massive pornography problem in the United States. It's not limited to the United States. It's a worldwide problem. And my friend Ray Ortland has written a book 
that I think is going to help so many people in dealing with the subject of pornography. The book is called The Death of Porn, and the subtitle is Men of Integrity Building a World of Nobility. I had the privilege of reading the book before it was published, and I was able to write a little recommendation in it. And it is the best book I've ever read on the topic because it comes at it from the angle of our identity in Christ and who we are. And because of who we are, we don't need these kinds of things that we often gravitate toward and end up in bondage to. So my recommendation for this month is The Death of Porn, Men of Integrity, Building a World of Nobility by Ray Ortlund. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Death of Porn, Men of Integrity, Building a World of Nobility by Ray Ortland. You can order the book The Death of Porn by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book The Death of Porn by Ray Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.